Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Whoa. Welcome. 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 It's so great to have you guys tuning us in and turning us on. It's so great to have you all here uh, and joining us on this glorious, 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 glorious day. Uh, Certainly is a glorious day. All is right in the world as far as I could tell. I mean, you know, so far I'm breathing. Uh, Been able to get up and down the stairs a few hundred times here today. And uh, really thrilled to be plugged in with all of you. It's just thrilling. And, you know, it's just great. we got a great show for all of you today. And Benny and I are going to tell you about it in a minute. But first, let me just say hello to Mr. B. Hello, Mr. B. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Uh, recovering from a great softball weekend. We uh, Last weekend, we went one and two. This weekend, we went two and one. So we're back at 500. That's good. Game winning single in the second game. Thank you very much. You you did that. Uh, right? Yes, I had <laughs> I had ducks on the pond, Pat. You know about ducks on the pond, <laughs> yeah. and uh, hit a, a rifle down third base. And you're not supposed to oh. hit down third when you got ducks on either ways, because you know it's a typical routine play. You... I I just hit it hard enough. He missed it. Yeah, pulled the game winner. Yeah. And you know what? I have to tell you, with ducks in the pond on the pond mm-hmm. and a rifle down third, when yeah. you missed that ball. <laughs> That is going, going, gone. Yeah, you might as well just drop everything else. It was almost a classic. Uh, what is it, Buckner? The the Duck. from the Cubs was it the Cubs? Bill Buckner? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. I hate oh. I, I hate to bring it up, but that guy's got to live that for a long, long time. No. <laughs> oh, but poor that, guy. You know that's really what happens. Yeah, you know, I remember what happened when this is this is tied into the show today. I remember what happened when they switched me. And took me out of shortstop, and I don't know why they did, but, well, I, we had to make some adjustments. And they put me on third base. And I thought to myself, this can't be much of a problem. I mean, I've got a really good arm. It's not going to really be a problem. And they put me on third base. And what I realized is, you know, there is a different kind of switch that happens mm-hmm. when between even between shortstop and third. You know, people think, you know what, what's the difference Ah, 15 feet, 20 feet. Oh, that's a big difference, though, if you're used to throwing just one. It's giant. It's giant. Uh And I have to tell you the other thing about it. You know, there's something about shortstop where you have that little extra nanosecond of time that you do not have on third. No, no. You do not. And I have to tell you, I had never been so scared in my (laughs) 20-year softball days as being on third base and the – the speed by which that ball comes down at you, oh, my God, it scarred me for life. That's why I'm glad I got Nick joining me here on the show today. Scarred yeah. for life at third. <laughs> <laughs> scarred for life at third. It's a best-selling 
book for uh, the Major League Baseball players. Yeah, for third base. It's a best-selling book. (laughs) It's certainly a new appreciation and respect, I think, for for that. But you're right. I mean, generally, a play at third is a play at third, double play usually, you know, at least maybe even more. Well, we were already Um, in extra innings, so it was one. Yeah, and so the first team, they're obviously the away team, so they started first, and we we stuffed them on the first inning, and then we went to the bottom where we were, and that's when we loaded it up, and I felt there was a lot of pressure on me. I'm like, okay, just calm down, be good, be good, be good, and then ended up working (laughs) out. And it's funny how you bring that up. I'm actually, I play first base and uh, backup pitcher, so I get a lot of throws that are low from the third base that are usually new to the team, so I know exactly where you're coming from on the other side of it. So I've got to sometimes work a little extra. I don't want to brag a little. No, of course not. No, no, no. But, but let me just let me just back in the yeah. day. What do you like to say? Back in the day. Back okay, in the day. Nick, the Nick day. will be with you in just a minute. I swear. Nick, Nick, <laughs> we got a great show for everybody here. Switch on. Just just stay with us here because it's so related to this. Back in the day, I used to overthrow mm. from third. So if you were playing first and I was playing third, you would have to stretch up. Well, I'm six one, so that's nice to have too. <laughs> so I think I probably well, yeah. would have still got you. That's really the problem. Uh-huh. Our first base, our first b- base player was short. <laughs> oh that, no! That, thank you, Betty. Oh, that's no. the problem. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Either that, or you just had a cannon. You had the arm. You had the cannon. I had a crazy cannon. Why do you think I had to get rotator cuff surgery, you know, later on in life? Man, you know, you just burn that thing out. Right. It's gone. Oh, my gosh. Nick joining us here today. Nick Seneca Jankel joining us here today. Switch on. Switch on. That's what we're going to be talking about today. It is related to this topic, you know, but it's switch on, breakthrough, thrive. Nick. Seneca Jankel joining me here today. Now, look at this is the book, but it's really a bigger conversation than this. I cannot wait to talk with him. But Benny, I think we're going to have to skip a couple breaks here because I got to tell you, I'm fired up. I'm just fired up today for this show. It's in the spirit of Benny's heroic softball venture. In all the years I've known you, this is the first heroic venture you've ever talked about, and I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you very much. I have few of them, and when I yeah. have one or two, I might <laughs> gloat a little bit. <laughs> I have to have that opportunity, Pat. I don't get much. Oh, I get it. I get enough playtime, but but you must have no pun. You must have been like, yeah, you had the switch on, and you are breaking through. This is a powerful, Benny, science-inspired, wisdom-wired handbook. I love that. This is a soundbite, folks. This is what this is what the new mainstream of talk radio is all about. Science-inspired, wisdom-wired handbook. Boom. That's the way we like to do it. If you're sitting there and you're crumbling away like the old underpads on your 40-year-old rug, this is going to be the day for you. Are you ready to unleash your creativity? And, you know, why is it that creativity has gotten such a really, really, really bad, bad, bad pop in corporate America? I'll tell you why. Is because we're too busy counting pennies rather than motivating, inspiring people. You know, and Nick was telling me before he came on the show, he's got a couple more books on on the way. But here's what we're talking about, whether it's a book or whether it's a video course or whether it is something that you want to do by yourself. See, see, Nick has got this covered. You can either sit there and work with the video course, which I love to do because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't like to sit in my own room or you can do it yourself or you can the switch on live experience. Here's what we're going to talk about today. I love this. 
whether you are Nick thinking about your life and being called a 21st century shaman, it's hope over 50,000 people, hundreds of world-class organizations. Yeah, Microsoft, Disney, the whole thing. He's done this. You know, whether this is what he's done or how he shows up today or his next two books, what would we love to know about his discovery in life? You see, because I don't believe it's every one or two of us. I think each of us has that nugget. But what are we going to learn from today's show? This idea to rewire our brains, to remix our world, to reconnect our hearts. Nick, it's great to have you here. Yeah, sorry for the long intro, but, you know, it's, it's been a couple of days since Benny and I chatted. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Great to feel your energy. I got to ask you a question. You know, you know this. Many people, you know, know you on television. They've seen you. They know the work that you're doing. I'm very curious. I'm curious about what is the greatest challenge in your life that you had to overcome to be you? Mm, Wow. That's a big one. It Um, is. God, so many. I mean, I, I guess the challenge I had to overcome was um, fitting into the path that everyone else thinks one should fit into mm. and um, and and allowing myself to go a different way and maintaining that over many, many, many difficult moments. I'm talking about 15, 16 years of difficult moments where mm. I could have gone back another way uh, and gone back. But I guess drilling down one further to to be that guy who could give up all these other paths, I had to really discover, I guess, my uh, my true nature, who, who I am in my essence. Um, not who I am because of all the things that happened to me as a kid, not who I am because of all the uh, habits and belief systems that I created to deal with life, but who I really am when I've got a really open, vulnerable, soft, squidgy heart. That person. Uh. You know, I love that you talked about that because, I mean, you know, many people that have tuned into life, life in business, life in the world, um, you know, I have been told that we are in an age where, you know, the heart uh, and what heart opening means is becoming a lost art. The heart is becoming a lost art. Now, I don't know how much of that I believe, but I'm hearing it enough from people uh, to want to ask you about that and how that relates to this creative spirit, science-based, you know, book and uh, vision you're bringing into the world here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I've come to the conclusion, or I came to the conclusion, that it's all mm-hmm. about the heart. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you get taught in a lot traditional psychology and, and, and whatever, it's about behavior, or it's about cognitive you know ideas thoughts beliefs and those are really important behavior habits mental habits absolutely but if you want to change any of those things they all connect into the heart and i'm not talking about the biological heart though that's definitely relevant i'm not even talking about just the emotional heart um, in terms of your feelings i'm talking about a deeper sense of the heart as the organ by which we intuit uh, the deepest truths of 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 human nature, mm. um, a kind of I guess you call it the spiritual heart, 
and I realized that's the truth. I, I didn't want to even be involved in spiritual stuff. I wasn't, that wasn't mm. my original in, 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 intention in life. Um, I didn't wake up and go, I want to be a wisdom teacher. Brilliant. Let's go do it. It was kind of like, I, I had to sort of like, had to, like the, the message kept coming through. This is what you're supposed to do for year upon year. And I kept ignoring it until finally I realized it's got to be about the heart. Nothing changes in the world, in your life, in your organization, in society. Um, nothing changes until hearts change. Um, and it's the single most important thing to bring back in, into life is an understanding of how our heart feels, works, um, intuits, um, and how to bring that into into systems that aren't used to that quality of, of vibration. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was so looking forward to talking with you, Nick. I mean, you know, first of all, I, you know, I, I, I love being able to show up, and I know you know what I mean. I, I'm surrounded by some of the most genius people. Uh, and, you know, many times we talk about the fact that, you know, we're only as, we're only as good as the people that are around us, really. And I'm really, I'm really struck by that right now. And yet at the same time, you know, folks wonder, well, how can I be surrounded by those people? Now, this hasn't been me all my life, so I'm not going to be fooling anybody here, you know, <laughs> uh, about this. Yeah, I'm a late bloomer. I, I'm, I have four planets in Capricorn. I'm a late bloomer. Um, but for you, you're out in the world, you're speaking, you're training, you're coaching, you know, you're on TV, um, you're consulting. I want to ask you this question. What is it you have discovered? If, if there were a metaphor to, to, to explain where we were 10 years ago with consciousness and where we are today from your point of view, what, would, what might that metaphor be? Wow, what a question. <laughs> I have to let my heart tell me the answer. Um, um, I guess I mean, one thing I definitely see is that there is a palpable hunger, yearning, a deep, deep yearning for heart-based everything, heart-based business, heart-based politics, heart-based relationships. But most people I meet don't know how to get to it, even though, as we know, the trick is it's, it's here waiting for you. You know, it's, 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 it's all waiting for us when we go inside, when we switch on, which is the, the metaphor um, that I use in the book um, to talk about that conscious awakening. Um, and I think the there's just a kind of, just a massive, like a latent, uh, like a feast that hasn't been given yet. It's like everyone's waiting for the feast. And, and um, hopefully I and many other people are providing mm-hmm. some of that, some of the nutrients, some of the food, some of the goodness. Um, for this unbelievable hunger because I think people have realized and maybe this is the metaphor that's coming out right now um, is that the food we've been eating hasn't been good hasn't had enough goodness and nutrition in it it's almost right. like here's the metaphor here's the metaphor okay okay I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready fast food and we've been eating so much fast food expecting it to give us everything we want and we've actually realized there's nothing in it it's like kind of eating kind of it's got no uh, prana as people would say it's got no life force in it and people want the food with the life force and you can actually see that ironically you can see that in the food industry people are going for food with more purpose values ethos all that kind of stuff see what you're (laughs) talking about i love this okay let this is good neither one of us knew we were going to have this kind of chat today but it is related to the book and it's related to the book in a lot of ways and related to what you say i love that metaphor because many of us grew up 
you know, with families that I grew up with fam, you know, my folks came over from Italy and, 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 and dropped in, in the Bronx in New York. And even there, I will say this, you so reminded me of this right now, even there, what, what happened was my grandpa, he grew fresh herbs, tomatoes. I mean, he was able to do this in the back of his used tire shed. Right. And, you know, what you're talking about is the loss of an experience. You see, many people say, you know, it's all in the journey, right? Yeah. And, that, you know, the only journey you have with fast food is through the drive through window, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that's the journey. So Definitely. how can we, in, in, in terms of what you, you're talking about here so brilliantly, how can we use this, you know, back to this homemade this aspect of fresh herbs, slow mm. cooking, you know, Sorry. delicious seasoning, reconnect, rewire, and remix. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Actually, there's another metaphor that I use, uh, which is actually totally related. So it's kind of we're, we're cool. Extending, cool. extending the metaphor. Okay. And for me, the so if you imagine science and, mm. and psychology, uh, the mm. kind of scientific psychology that was purposefully not spiritual. So Freud took spirituality out of psychology, really. Yeah. Um, for me, that's like a, a roll or, or bread. It fills you up, but you know there's something missing. It hasn't been a magical experience. Whereas spirituality is like filling. It's the joy, it's the magic, but it sometimes doesn't fill you up, doesn't help you deal with some of the basic addictions and issues, uh, but it feels really good. And I guess the work I attempt to do is bring the roll and the filling together so that when you eat a sandwich, it both fills you up, it helps you deal with the basics of life, really gnarly problems, um, habits, addictions, all that kind of stuff. But it does so with a beautiful feeling, uh, with this joyous spiritual feeling. And trying to bring those two together has been, I guess, my life's work since I had therapy when I was 13, and it just didn't do what I wanted it to do. I had psychotherapy uh, for three years, 13 to 16, and I was like, yeah, kind of helpful, definitely really helpful. But where's the joy? Where's the enchantment? Where's the connection? Where's the mystery? Um, yeah. And that, no, one told, no one told me you had to do that. And in many yeah. ways, the, this book I wrote is a kind of my, the book I wish someone had given me when I was 16 and said, look, here is a book. It's got all the science you want. It's definitely hardcore. It's not just whimsy and, and new age chat. Um, but it's also got um, a, a, a way to connect your heart again, which is the thing that everyone wants. You know what I love? Here's what I love. You know, the, the, I, I kind of do the same thing when I sit down and write and think about things. I love the words that you've picked to talk about from both a scientific, a psychological, and a spiritual point of view. And what I really love about this book, being the visual crazy that I am, I love all the pictures you put in here, living in 3D, as you call it. And I wanted to ask you, you know, at what point did you realize that and I'll say that body mind blank had a blank in it meaning body mind spirit was missing the spirit part <laughs> what, you know body mind blank right it, it, yeah it's not that it was just two words you see what I'm saying is all totally. of us know intuitively it's body mind blank but we don't know what the blank is totally I mean I guess I mean, my, my challenge was no one in my family was very interested in spirituality Ah. Um, no one at school I, I grew up in London in a very you know, London is a very secular city it's not into mm -hmm. new age wasn't there was no new age really not not where I was anyway 
Um, but yeah, I'd still had these kind of what I would now call mystical experiences that I could not describe or understand. So I kind of, as you say, I kind of always knew. And so I remember even uh, I went up to Cambridge and did medicine, really fully scientific university. No, there's no woo-woo in, in Cambridge. And um, I, for my first year, I won an award for my medical exams. And um, I went out and bought an illustrated Kabbalah uh, with my prize money. You can imagine it wasn't very much prize money. And, um, and uh, so I was always sort of double-tracking my life. I was always existing in this kind of really hardcore, scientific, atheist paradigm. And then, but always tapping into this spirit thing that I couldn't describe, couldn't, couldn't find a, a path that connected with me. Um, and um, it was really the, the time that I really got it was when I um, burnt out and I was... Yeah. Uh, about 30 years old running a startup a kind of dot com consultancy type thing super exciting super amazing um and kind of bringing without knowing it spirituality into business in terms of collaboration networks digital stuff and i just hit a hit a wall and i realized the wall was not so much a physical wall but it was like a spiritual um well people call it a spiritual crisis i i my heart was broken by the career i'd chosen and to understand why I had to understand how to heal my heart. And that's when I got that without a spiritual life, an active spiritual life. And what I mean by that is a connected experience to the universe where you're not angry or protective or defensive with the universe. You allow the universe in. And I could allow the universe in, allow the love in, I was never going to be able to heal myself. I was done. Wow. Yeah. You know, what is it about that? I mean, you know, let's talk about this for a minute because it does relate to the science of what you're also talking about in the book. You know, you know, Nick, do we have to, uh, I've asked myself this question a million times, you know, do we have to really hit that place of bottom burnout, uh, you know, in order for us to be able to, how do I want to say it, creatively explode? You know, do we have to get to that place, which is perhaps the, the, the compelling opposite of that place we're meant to be? Or do we choose to get there? You know, the compelling opposite, right? I just Absolutely. crashed and burned, Nick. Okay, you know what the good news is? I got a compelling opposite over here waiting Absolutely. for me. Absolutely. I think it's a yes. My answer is yes and no. And I ask that question myself. I'm asked it regularly um, because obviously part of my work has been I'm, I hit rock bottom without really any support and I had to self discover a way out. Mm. Um, and that's now really what this book is about. It's teaching a path. And, the, and, the, and you, in the book is this J shaped curve where there is a rock bottom and you don't, you do go down and the kind of feeling I have is the deeper you go down, the higher up you come up the other side with your breakthroughs, with your, with your new growth, with your new learning. What I think I've written the book for and what I teach is you may have to go down. You definitely have to go down into yourself, into your truth, into your patterns, into your belief systems, into your heart and into your trauma. But the experience of it doesn't have to be devastating if you have the right tools and the right connections and the right community. And I think that's the difference. So you're going to go down, you're going to go, but you can go down and learn to find that exciting rather than keep hitting rock bottom in a terror and fear and have no idea to crawl out. Mm, wow. 
so glad to be talking with you. We're going to take a short break, Nick. When we come back, I want to make sure all of you out there, if you have a question for Nick, give us a shout, 1-800-930-2819. And by the way, you all can go to transformationtalkradio.com and go ahead and you can type a question in. We'll get your question on here. Um, when we come back, I'm going to ask Nick to take us through some of the most absolutely incredibly compelling notions, ideas, uh, invitations about how we unleash the power to move beyond the problem by switching on to the problem. Wait till you hear where we're going to go with this. I love this. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with the show. Yo, mic check, mic check. Yeah, here you go. Oh, no, nah, he, he over here. Yeah, I heard he got that hot new thing. It's called Switch. Let's get it going. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. How confident do you feel about your retirement? It's never too early or too late to start thinking about your retirement. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Hackman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get to the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Pakman, Financial Advisor at 425-453-0272. Office is located at 601 108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800 in Bellevue, Washington 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Are you feeling stressed, in pain, disconnected, worried about aging? Corrective alignment and integration therapy restores health. Move your body, which frees your mind and elevates your spirit. BodyWise Bodywork LLC provides the tools you need to create the change you've been waiting for. Start living a fully present and integrated life. Book your 15-minute consultation online at www.bodywisebodywork.com. BodyWise Bodywork LLC, because it's the only body you've got. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. 
Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The following audio is via a Skype call. It's called Let's get it going. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, uh, Transformation Talk Radio, the Transformation Network. It's all good. It's great to give everybody a shout-out out there. Um, And, boy, do we have some great programming for all of you this week. I just love it. You know, Linda and the team just do a great job. And thanks to WBLQ over there, Benny over here, all of the other folks, uh, CRN, they all push the right buttons. I still really don't fully understand how all this works. You know, Nick, thank you for joining me here today. And I know we're going to give a copy of the book away, but before we do – Please let folks know how they can find out more about you. I know you've got coaching. I know you've got a ton of things. Please let folks know. So um, my website, which is just a you know intro to me, uh, is nickjankel.com, N-I-C-K-J-A-N-K-E-L.com. Um, and you can see all the stuff that I'm developing with Switch On on there. And I've also got a, um, a new wisdom, wisdom and world change media platform that we're developing called Ripe and Ready. And it's that there, there you can buy some of the other things. You can buy the Switch On book uh, in an ebook form. You can buy some meditations. You can get free meditations. Um, and there's also a couple of things that I've been developing, um, a DIY coaching toolkit, which takes you through 10 sessions of coaching along the 10 chapters of the book. You can do it with a buddy, a friend, a colleague, a family member, uh, if you are bold. Um, and then launching at the end of this week will be a um, 21-day video experience, which takes you on a kind of bodily spiritual journey through the book not all the not all the science and all the big ideas actually how you feel it every day mm. and feel your way through the experience I love it because you know what those of us know as hard as we try if to cut out the whole feeling part of like life uh that did not work so well for us <laughs> all right I don't know. I don't know many people it did work for, but you know, let's talk about this. And I want to start at the beginning, and then probably we're going to jump around. Um, you know, this whole idea: switch on, switch on to problems, switch on to patterns, switch on to pain. Mm. Tell us about, and and there's an important science aspect to this that you refer to in the book. Tell us about the importance to switch on to those experiences. Well, the basic premise of the book and the idea of being switched on um, is that in every moment of our life, literally in the most mundane moments and the massive moments, we are being given experiences that we can use to grow. And they can sometimes feel horrible and we call them problems or they can feel amazing and we call them opportunities or, or awesome results or wins or whatever. It doesn't really matter. They're, they're, they're there for us. And... Um, the work is really about becoming more and more aware of how these things are feeling in our body, in our hearts, how we're thinking about them, how we're feeling and, and acting around them, and then consciously, actively form the things you want to transform to become more he- more whole, more connected, and ultimately just enjoy every moment, even the horrible stuff. That's the key. Can you enjoy the moment because it's a moment that's giving you a learning, an insight, a lesson? whether it feels good or not 
you know, this is really kind of the, you know, the game changer, isn't it? You know, this is the game changer. Um, you know, it, we were we were doing the whole softball metaphor before, but you know, when you're get a, when you're hit a hard, a, you know, hard ball at you, and we were talking about this, you know, you can feel the sting in your glove, uh, almost to the point that it that you know you're frozen in your you're frozen, just frozen in time, but it doesn't stop you from doing what you need to do. It doesn't stop you from doing what you need to do. Now, what's the good news about a ball that shot at you that quickly? Well, it gets to you quickly, and it gets the people that are running to first base out. Um, Let's talk about what it is that we discover when we go into that place of switching on to pain. You know, Mm -hmm. there's so much out right now about pain, you know, chronic pain, pain in our lives, the pain pain without grieving. I'd love for you to talk about that for a little bit because it sounds almost counterintuitive, doesn't it? Mm, well, pain is, when we're in pain, and that means any trauma that's still somewhere in our body, um, when we're in pain, it just stops us being able to do what we need to do. It stops us being responsive, reflective, uh, co-creative, collaborative. It stops us being flexible. Um, we get locked in. So without unearthing the pain, we can't get the full creativity out. And so it may seem crazy to people that this is a book really about purpose and creativity and possibility mm-hmm. and juiciness. But in order mm-hmm. to get that, we have to deal with pain. We have to learn how to self-heal. Because ultimately, no matter how many coaches or therapists or workshops we go to, the person that's healing is always us. It's always our mind, body, spirit that's healing. So the quicker we can master our capacity to heal, and everyone can, I know everyone can, the quicker we can get to the, all that juicy goodness that, 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 that we all want, right? So pain, is the, is, the pain is, the, is the gateway to that. And um, in the book, it talks about how you take pain on um, and don't ignore it anymore. Bring your attention to it. Um, but don't trip out on it either. That's the key, not to repress it or to react to it, but the third path, which is to switch onto it and find the value in it, find the meaning in it. And there's always meaning. I love it. I want to do this. Let's give a copy of the book away, Mr. Benny, for a first caller calling into the show. You know, fabulous book, Switch On, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. You know, there's a couple of things that I'm really drawn to talk with you about in a short period of time. You know, one of them was a discovery along the way um, to, to, you know, from being homeless uh, to being able to hold down a job. And it's this idea of of possibility and you talk about this beautifully in a book I used to ask for things now I ask the question please tell me what's possible here and thank you for that that's Mm -hmm. become my mantra how does stepping into that world of possibility enable people to catapult their creativity or not Mm. well yeah it's amazing You you kind of mentioned it totally around um it not being about um, uh, getting something. Uh-huh. Uh, prayer has become, or certainly in the prayer that I've experienced, is all about, you know, can you do this for me, God, and whatever. And to actually realize it's not really about that. It's about how can I be a clear channel for whatever creativity is seeking to come through me. And, mm-hmm. we, and I mean that with your kids. I mean it in the checkout line. I mean it uh, uh, in a boring meeting there's always creativity trying to come through us 
because life is inherently creative and that's the whole nature of the universe we live in it's a creative universe dna is constantly mutating and, and creating the universe right now is expanding beyond where it was two seconds ago right there's creativity always there so the question is as you say how can i become a channel how can i clear away the lens so the light of, of creativity can shine through me most appropriately i always talk about appropriately most it fits with this very moment i'm with here um and i again i use a similar thing which is show me the way show me what to do next you know what you know, to give up my control over the creative process but not to renounce my capacity to to shape things but to say i'm ready i want to contribute i want to do what needs to be done in this moment universe tell me what what it is you want me to do mm. and as soon as i know it i will do it to the best of my absolute abilities with clarity and integrity and, and awesomeness you know, I wanted to to also talk to you about this idea of of helping people in in a way that gets them to this 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 place of creativity. You know this, and I know this. Anybody that's ever done any corporate work or worked with groups, you will always get a portion of the population, right, Nick, that will jump up and say, "Wait a minute, I'm not creative." <laughs> I mean, what's this what's this dude talking about about creativity? Yeah. I mean, if he's talking about creativity, I'm out of here. I'm out of giving my money back. So let's talk about that, where we get that from, and how do you help people <laughs> come to, let's say, a different point of view? <laughs> well, it's so sad for me because I've got small, two small little boys, right? And they're six and three. <gasps> and literally every moment of their being is creative. It's insane. Like they are just literally mm. trying out new things with every, all often irritating, you know, my wife and I, because they're, you know, taking a kitchen implement and shoving it down the toilet to see what happens. You know, <laughs> they are constantly, constantly trying stuff out. And then that stops. And then people like me come along and charge people lots of money to get it back. And it's kind of crazy. It's like, why are we doing this? What, what's happening? And, and it, it starts with parents. Every time I say to my sons, don't do it this way. I am telling them to stop being creative. I'm shutting down their natural ability to find a new possibility. And um, then it goes into school, then it goes into college, and it goes into work. You know, every organization we work in, originally, the, the idea of an organization was designed around stopping people be creative so they can yeah. become efficient. You know, yeah. stamp, stamp this piece, piece of metal faster and quicker with less thought. Please don't give us another idea. Just do it this way. And of course, now organizations are realizing, hold on a minute, to, to thrive, we have to create stuff. And that's the challenge. They can now, but they're, all, they're designed to stop creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I want to spend a few more minutes to talk about this because, you know, this is really, I'm, I'm with you on this. You know, the saddest moments, I think, in, you know, a very long professional career in organizations and a coaching career is to see the pain in people in the middle of a group activity and they really, really believe in every cell of their body, Nick, every cell of their body, that mm -hmm. they're just not going to live up, that they don't have a creative essence about them. And, and you know, I, I love what you said about this because it's you're so right. You know, we've gotten to the place of being so left-brained as some people would call it about things so can you talk for a minute Einstein's got a great quote on creativity can you talk for a minute as to what you think is this the spiritual connection are people saying uh, 
I just don't know how to connect to that divine energy or source. Is it a spiritual disconnect or is it a combination of things? There's a few things going on. I think people confuse creativity with art and they're not the same. Creativity is a human skill that every human being has. And the way I tell people I know that is because right now you're making up a story about me and who I am and that's creative. And you've made up a story about yourself and where you are and that's creative. And often those stories are fabulously creative. Um, So I know every human being is creative but they may not be artistic and that's fine. You don't need to be artistic. So just to, to, to separate those two things out I think is super important and allow people to realize that creativity is, is just the simple act of sensing in the moment what could be possible and doing it. It's, 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 there's nothing more to it than that. Yes, that can scale up into Picasso and into amazing movies and whatever, <laughs> but creativity is happening all the time. And I do believe somewhere it is a, uh, it's a disconnect from, from oneself of what one's essence is. And often no one's, no one's ever been told that their essence is creative. So how can you know that your essence is creative if no one's ever told you or even given you a, a sense of that, initiation into that? So I think that's um, mm. important. But I do believe ultimately creativity is a spiritual thing because it's not really us who's being creative in the sense of my personality or the collection of ideas I have about myself. It's, it's creativity is new. It comes through me. So it can't be everything I know about myself because it's new. So how can it be everything I know about myself? So it has to be something that comes through me but isn't me in the sense of my ego, my little me. Um, it's something bigger than me. And that is why it becomes such a, an act of devotion, an act of, of, of surrender, an act of love to be creative in any area yeah. of life. You know, um, it's interesting as I read your book, and I, I've gone through it a, a couple times now, and I, I always get stuck on two parts in the book and the fact that these two parts are even in the book. And people say it's, it's a, people say it's a chick issue. And, and I'll tell you what I mean. Um, in the book, there, you talk about power and you talk about play. Yeah. And, you know, in, in the work that I've done, and, I, and I, I'd love to, for you to talk about what your experience is with your audience, is it's really hard, and I find this especially for women, and I'm going to talk about myself, was very, very hard to even say the word power. Mm. You know, it has such a uh, not-so-good meaning that we don't really talk about it. it. We'd like to soften it a little bit with M power but to me they're not the same words can you talk about this and and tell me why it's so important for that it's included in the book well i guess i've probably gone on a similar journey to you i've always Uh been an anti-power person i was kind of revolutionary (laughs) i'm like stick it to the man blah 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 (laughs) um so for me the word power can also give a bit of a "Ah," you know that's that's the worst thing the last thing we want but (laughs) actually when you have a healed heart and you're acting through purpose and you're letting the light of love shine through you then the last thing you want is to not allow that to be its most powerful point it can be and to use your human capacity to create in the most powerful way and if that means building a non-profit or volunteering in your local hospice or reinventing how your family does Thanksgiving doesn't really matter what your creative purposeful heart-led projects are if you can't bring your full capacity to them and not allow your power to leak because you give it away to other people um, then you can't 
it's going to be extremely challenging to bring those things into being. And as an entrepreneur, and now what I would call a spiritual entrepreneur or a wisdompreneur is the term people are using now, um, I know that I can only do my most ambitious projects, which are um, this Ripe and Ready project. Um, I can only do it when I am fully stand up and say I inhabit my full power, knowing it's not mine again. That's the key. It's power, but it's not ego power. It's, um, it's love power. Um, I want to talk to you about a part of this, which I, I think is, is it, it's not a separate call out in the book, but it is something I find extremely important to talk about whenever, you know, whenever I get to, to, to chat with someone like you, uh, that has really gone through these experiences as well as has written this book and is out in the world. And it's, it's a, it's the term commitment that, mm-hmm. that's in the book. And, you know, the reason that I, I want to talk with you about it is, you know, for the first of all, I've seen so many people in these past, let's say, eight years get discouraged, go into despair and give up, you know. And as a matter of fact, I got a text from a friend of mine asked me if I was playing this new video game. I forget the name of it. But when you don't when you're not successful in one of the levels of it, it doesn't say it, it says it asks you the question. And this is brilliant. Give up. That's what it's asking you. Or you could click the other button where you can buy. You can buy your way to the next level. So it's not like, oopsie, you failed. But it's it's asking you if you give up. And I got to tell you, I was like, I can't, I'm not playing this game. I don't, you know, give up. And then you're, I'm almost ready to like buy the coins because I don't like that term. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um but commitment is so important in oh, whatever yes. we do don't sure. we have to redefine it though in this lifetime now isn't there isn't it time for a redefinition yeah i mean to me commitment is only something you want to do when you've really found something which is coming from your heart first of all mm. you don't want to commit to these half baked ideas from your past from your parents or whatever just because <laughs> I don't want to be, I'm going to carry on doing this that's not that's not commitment that, that that's just foolishly carrying on doing something that's not right for you so for me commitment is about saying I can feel my purpose I can sense what I am here to do what I'm born to do in my family in my work um, in any area of my life and then I, I commit to that. I give myself over to that because it's not me. It's 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 the universe. It's 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 um, spirit. So that so um, it's about being able to say, and I give myself over to that. It's actually commitment's really an act of devotion rather than um, uh, an act of uh, force. Um, so it's not it's not force. It's devotion. Mm-hmm. You know. So when we talk about commitment. There's usually a degree which people talk about. Um, and one of the things I love about this and chatting with you and the way you lay it out in the book is also that commitment without play, I think, is a formula for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I mean by that is folks really have a strange time with having strong commitment, the strength of my conviction, and then mm-hmm. the word play in the mm-hmm. same breath but you got it in the book so you put that in the book <laughs> well i think there's i think if if your commitment is 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 truly heartfelt heart-led wholehearted mm-hmm. then 
it will always have play in it because I believe the universe is a playful universe. It's, uh, it doesn't want you to be in always in suffering, just getting stuff done. That's for me, old biblical style stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that if you're, here's, it's a great test actually, if you're living an aligned life, um, an intuitive life, uh, a congruent life, if your commitment turns into hard suffering work that's always making you down, then it's probably ego. It's almost definitely ego. Not, not truth, not essence, not love. So commitment, that doesn't mean it always feels great and happy. It just means you can always laugh. There's always fun to be had um, in every failure. You could be at the middle of this crazy, spectacular failure. Um, I mean, I right now could clam up and have nothing to say to you and I could laugh about it and be totally right. committed to being an amazing uh, human being, you know, spreading wisdom and love. It's just... And that's, I think, commitment without play is, is literally an ego trip waiting to happen. And we know what that happens with those things is they, they, you crash. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is really not a book about crashing, it's a book about creativity. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. About- you know, and I, I, right. I mean, you know, and I, there are a couple of things that I, I, I can't believe this time has gone by so quickly. Um, but there are a couple of things that I did, I did want you to mention. One of them is what you call the Eureka moment. And in and and I think it's really you know a beautiful way to kind of talk about what the end game might be for people. You know, folks have said to me, and I know they've said it to you. They've said, "Really, do, do you know? I mean, I don't know that I have it in me. I mean, you know, am I going to have to do this thing to get to that?" And I don't think you're telling anybody, and I don't think I'm telling anybody that no, you have to do it. But there are moments we long for in life. And I'd love for you to talk about this a little bit about the inspiration for transformation. I, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's a choice, isn't it? Is it, is it mm-hmm. you know, do we want to live in our quote comfort zone where it won't be too much work? You know, we could just carry on doing pretty much what we're doing, but probably experience ever decreasing levels of pure joy. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that life. It's not, it's not saying it's bad. It's just saying that most people I know, when they once they peel back the onion and find out all the pain and heal the pain and, and learn how to engage fully in their life, um, would never go back to, to, the, mm-hmm. to the comfort zone. And even though it's uncomfortable living fully switched on, it's uncomfortable having to become more of yourself all the time. I mean, literally, a day doesn't go by that I'm not in transformation. Me and my wife spend hours. I mean, it's crazy. We're like obsessed uh, uh, about clearing away more stuff. You know, oh, I oh, I just said a funny word about something. Oh, maybe what, what, where's that come from? What's that all about? You know, um, it's just constant. But the joy, the pure livingness of every moment, the 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 the, the ability to be able to engage with a taxi driver, a, a you know, a puff in the street with full potency, full power, full energy, full experience. I mean, it's just priceless. I mean, literally there's nothing on earth like it. There is no, and I, th- I believe ultimately it's what everyone wants. Uh, but they're just probably a little scared about what it takes to get there. And it does take and I, some work and I'm not going to, you know, beat around that bush. I mean, my publisher was always saying, oh, isn't that just an easy path to being so totally self-healed and awesome and living a switched on enlightened life? I'm like, well, there are some hacks and I'm hoping <laughs> giving people some of these hacks. But you know what? It's a it's a weeks, months and years thing. It's not an instant, oh, I'm enlightened, great. Um, those neuroses, those, that suffering takes many, many years to rewire. 
Um, but it's worth every day you're doing it, you're alive a little bit more. And it's, it's just, yeah, nothing like it. I'm so glad you talked about that because, you know, um, you're talking about the process. There is a process. And, you, and many people have said, and you know this, many people have said, wait a minute, you know, this is a long, agonizing way to go. But honestly, what you just said is so key. The nuggets can show up along the way. Oh, they um, do. Yeah. Do. I want to thank you for today. And, and one last question. Um, please go ahead and let folks know again the best way they can find out more about you. Um, and then I would love for you to share what your personal message is, your personal vision for folks today. Um, and I guess my message uh, for myself today and, 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 and therefore the one I'd like to invite everyone um, to to engage in is um, to really not be too busy to live and mm-hmm. and to slow it down so that you can speed up. Like you will be able to speed up later. But just slow it down. Take that experience. Don't take that weird feeling in your tummy or in your gut or in your solar plexus and ignore it. That is the juice. That is where the juice of life is, is in those funny feelings in our body where our pain and suffering live because that's the spirit saying there's something here that you don't need anymore and it's ready to let go i love it and again, and again um, um let folks let know folks more, know about, more about, about how they how can, can find out more about your coaching and some of the other things you're doing so yeah so there's look, i'm super experiential at the moment so there's a coaching toolkit if you want to do the book and do it with someone and take a few months over it and really rewire there's a 21 day video course that will be online in the next few days at ripenready.com and um, I'll be doing workshops in the UK and the US towards the end of the year. Full experience workshops. So are you going to be coming to Seattle at any point in time? It's funny you should mention that. that my wife's uh, grandfather lives uh, out in Seattle, as is her brother. And we keep being cool to Seattle for some reason. So, <laughs> Well, you got to let us know so that yeah. you can come in the studio and do a show live from there. How's that so, sound? Sounds amazing. I will definitely. Oh, my gosh in our agenda well you know thank you so much for thank you so much for all that you do what a great show uh we're going to take a short break everyone we're not done yet uh we're just going to take a short break so everybody can breathe and absorb in all of what nick just talked about and then we'll be right back with the dr pat show we'll be right back The preceding audio was via a Skype call.